We want to thank you for tuning in to part two of the Rise of 666, RFID, a message by Pastor Billy Crone, presented here at the UndergroundChristianNetwork.com. This is part two of that message. Part one can be found at the UndergroundChristianNetwork.com. Just look for the message called The Rise of 666, CD Edition. It'll be CD Edition number one. So please make sure you have both parts so you'll have the entire message. Please follow along in your King James Bible as we present The Rise of 666. Talk about your sins finding you out. I guess they forgot to tell them about the cars. And speaking of dishonesty, folks, the industry, you talk some serious snake oil, is not only being sneaky with its public experiments with RFID, as you just saw, but apparently, folks, they're being just as sneaky in putting a public spin on the definition of RFID. For instance, folks, after an early consumer poll was taken, I think it was way back in 2002, by the industry about using RFID, the biggest, what they found out, the biggest concern consumers had was the fear that they'd be tracked with RFID through their clothing, spied on by corporations and governments, and taken advantage of by thieves. So the industry leaders, did they take that to heart? And Are you kidding? Pay attention. So the industry leaders came with a new tactic. They said, and I quote, discussing any benefits or using rational argument is largely ineffective and is perceived as thin. Once consumers are concerned, they remain concerned no matter what we tell them. So here's actually what they came up with to combat our concerns. Get this. Uh, they said, quote, the best communication strategy appears to be, lie, lie, pants on fire here, to be positioning the technology simply as what? An improved barcode. When they know full well, folks, it's not, and that is extremely dishonest. It is not at all like that. But they found that that's what works on us. Just keep telling that mantra over and over again, even though it's a lie. But that's not all, folks. Uh, this controversial dishonest behavior of corporations using the tracking abilities of RFID became even more fueled when a public relations document was accidentally found and exposed called this, Auto ID Consortium Public Relations Campaign. Accidentally somebody came across it. Oops, talking about, again, your sins finding you out. Here's what it stated, folks. It was all designed, that document, to quote, ways to neutralize opposition and said how corporations would get consumers to resign, quote, resign themselves to the inevitability of it, period. While mere Merely pretending to address our privacy concerns. Actual document from themselves. And we're supposed to trust these guys? And they got our best interests at heart? I don't think so, folks. That's a really lame excuse. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. But that's right, folks. I still know. The sixth lame excuse they got is they say, hey, man, promoters of RFID, we ain't got no tracking plans. What are you guys talking about? You guys are whacked out. Well, let's take a look at the facts, folks. As if the shady and dishonest behavior of corporations and entities using RFID to track and monitor people wasn't bad enough what you've seen thus far. No amount, folks, of media spin could hide their true intentions as is seen in the RFID patents that they've already filed. Proof is in the pudding. Let's take a look. For instance, Bank of America has an actual patent out. You can check every one of these out for yourself, folks. This is real. It's not science fiction. Bank of America has a patent out for RFID, what's called the System and Method for Interactive Advertising, and they combine it with another one called a Crowd Identification Device. And it's designed to scan the RFID tags on the things that people are wearing and carrying. Now, wait a second. How can it do that if the tags are turned off? 
Oops, I guess you're not supposed to think about that. In order to pinpoint and identify them. Get this. Believe it or not, this patent goes on to describe a system very much like in the movie Minority Report, in which people who come near a kiosk or other advertising venues are immediately recognized by the RFID tags they're wearing or carrying, or in things like key fobs or cards or other RFID-enabled items on them. Then the system captures video images of the consumers near the display, recording physical, recording folks, physical characteristics, physical appearance, face, iris, and retinal characteristics to be processed by the crowd evaluation device. So why in the world would Bank of America want a device like this? Why, that's right, folks, to get you and I to get them more of your hard-earned money. That's right, folks. Believe it or not, you can check it out for yourself. The whole stated purpose of this patent is to personally identify you so they can bombard you with personal ads targeted towards your personal interests, preferences, or demographic wherever you go. Just like in the movie Minority Report. Don't believe me? Check it out, folks, from the actual patent. Listen to yourself. There, quote, this is the actual patent. Quote, there is a need for a public advertising and announcement device that has the ability to identify specific individuals or groups of individuals who come into contact with the device. The ability to collect, gather, and use personal information about those individuals or groups to select and present more interesting targeted ads and announcements. <laughs> Can you believe that? But that's still off, folks. That's right. Who could forget Procter & Gamble's patent called Systems and Methods for Tracking Consumers in a Store Environment? That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Anyway, here's what it is. RFID readers will be placed in store ceilings, floors, shelvings, and displays, reading RFID tags on both carts and individual items. Then the system would measure where a shopper travels in the store for how long, what he or she picks up, and whether a purchase results. In fact, they squarely admit this goal when they said that this device will enable them to, quote, get a detailed analysis of what cons uh, customers, consumers, experience in stores, where they go, how long they stay there, and what influences the paths they choose. So why in the world would Procter & Gamble want this kind of device? Hey, that's right, you're catching on, to bilk us of even more of our cash. They state, here's an actual quote, actual tracking of consumers in store, what? Tracking of customers, consumers in the store environment uh, generates much more substantial information that can be used to effectively direct consumers to what? <laughs> to higher profit margin items. It's all about the money. But that's right, not to be outdone is NCR's uh, automated monitoring of activity of shoppers in the market. That's pretty blunt, too. And here's their plan. The plan is that is they, they are going to watch shoppers, you and I, and every move in the store aisle, okay, recording uh, their activities on a moment-by-moment -moment basis and making a record of everything we do down to the split second. And this is accomplished by having RFID tags on every item in the store and reader devices hidden in every shelf and in every shopping cart. So when the customer takes an item from a, cell, a shelf, the system precisely times how many seconds the shopper holds the item before putting it back or putting it into the shopping cart. And based on the item characteristics, this information they give on the timing aspect, several inferences can be made. For instance, they say uh, if a shopper places an expensive item in the cart, they suggest an equally expensive item to go along with it. Need some caviar there? That's right. Or if a customer puts a cake mix into the cart, then the system could assume they need eggs and suggest accordingly. <laughs> oh, but that's not, this is the best one of all. Uh, there's IBM's patent for, quote, person tracking unit. Now that is about as blunt as you can get. Blunt Rex, that's right. That scans RFID tags on unwitting members of the public as they what? They move through retail stores, airports, train stations, elevators, libraries. Wait a second. How could they do that unless the tags were still on?
Food? I guess we're not supposed to figure that out. Theaters and even public restrooms. Don't believe me, folks? Listen to them for yourself. Here's the actual patent. Quote, when a person carrying or wearing items have an RFID tag, enters the store or other designated area, an RFID tag scanner located therein scans the RFID tag on that person and reads the RFID tag information. The RFID tag information collected from the person is correlated with transaction records stored in the transaction database. Based on the results, the exact identity of the person or certain characteristics about the person can be determined. This information is used to monitor the movement of the person through the store or other area. And folks, looking at that, it really means that somebody armed with this device really has the ability not only, folks, to track people, but coupled with the informational database, they can even identify the person's age, race, gender, and economic bracket. So again, why are they concerned about this? Why would they want something like this? Why, that's right, folks, you're paying on attention. You're catching on. Why, to better market you and get more of our money. <laughs> it's all about the cash. It has nothing to do about our convenience. They go on to say this, quote, the person tracking unit may assign a tracking number. Now, that statement is creepy, folks. Assign a tracking number to each identified person. Once the movement of the person can be monitored based on the RFID tag carried on the person, that means they're live, the tracking information can be used in a number of different ways. For example, it can be used to provide advertising to a person as the person roams or even more specific targeted advertising based on the person's income bracket. Can you wait till we get to the next one, folks? And that this income bracket could additionally be inferred, quote, if items carried on the person are highly expensive name brands like a Rolex watch, which can then be used to, quote, provide targeted advertising. What? Can you believe that? And if that wasn't bad enough, folks, they even go on to say, quote, this is blunt as you get, that the government could use this device to track suspicious people in public places using what? The RFID tags in the people, the things people are wearing or carrying. Therefore, folks, hello, it's obvious with this device, somebody, somebody intends to track our every move through these tags, right? And speaking of targeting the rich, it's all about the cash, folks, I'm telling you. IBM even has plans for catering to the rich. Get this, I'm not making this up. Check it out for yourself. For instance, IBM has another tracking system they call Margaret. I'm not making this up. It's actually named after the developer's wealthy mother-in-law named Margaret that uses, the, the patent uses re, RFID readers in doorways to identify people as they enter banks or other financial institutions. They then pick out the wealthy clients in order to give them preferential treatment. Don't believe me? Listen to their own words. Quote, an RFID tag fitted into the customer's bank card or passbook could be used to signal the arrival at a branch. As they pass through the doors, the card could alert the customer information system. Bank staff could personally greet high net wealth customers, or customers could be greeted by name by tellers who already have their account information on the screen when they arrive at the counter. And it's even been suggested that this type of doorway reader could be used in upscale restaurants or retail boutiques where a high degree of personal service is important. Yeah, for the rich. But that's still on, folks. You might be saying, hey, come on, man. You're whack now, man. This is crazy. This is science fiction, man. I mean, could these people really be planning and tracking and monitoring us wherever we go with this RFID technology? Well, that's right, folks. Surely you just uh, don't listen to me. Come on, folks. Watch one another, uh, another one of their promotional videos showing a new RFID monitoring, tracking, recording application that they simply call the Personal Awareness Assistant. Check it out, man.
The evolution of the computer from mainframe to desktop to handheld was inevitable. Accenture believes that the next step is wearable computers that incorporate a personal awareness assistant. This assistant will save still images and audio segments of a conversation upon hearing a verbal prompt. When someone introduces themselves, their face and name is captured and logged in a database. This information, along with date, time, and location, can then be retrieved at any time in the future. Hi, I'm Owen Richter. Hi, I'm Dana Lee. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Accenture sees the revolution that this will bring to retail shopping. Say you see a book you like. You might say, hmm, that's an interesting book, and that comment is recorded and stored. Your personal awareness assistant can buy it right then and there through online sources. Or, since it has global positioning capabilities, the next time you pass by a bookstore, it can remind you to make that purchase. This prototype allows retailers to provide points of need selling when consumers have the intent to buy. At Accenture, we also envision businesses will use this to form a collective intelligence about a particular subject and may even be used for personal safety or entertainment. <laughs> That's not very entertaining to me, man. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you guys, but it really does appear to me that the industry really is planning on using RFID technology not just to track us, but what? What's the common thread? To get even more cash from us. How about you? Do you guys come to that conclusion? Slightly. They have no tracking plans? That's a serious, lame excuse. But that's right, folks. That's still all. The seventh and final one, at least the one I'm going to deal with, is lame excuses. Is promoters, hey, we've never said such a thing. I mean, those are just patents. You know, that's just in theory. We're not really planning on that. You know, just give us a break, will you? Well, let's take a look at the facts. Folks, believe it or not, not only do these corporations' true tracking intentions get revealed in their patent applications, it's even more revealing in their personal quotations. Here's just a few of them, folks. Check it out for yourself. Did they really say that? Unfortunately so. Auto ID Center promotional brochure says this, power to change the world? Hey, it's hard to imagine that a tiny microchip attached to an antenna heralds such enormous change. Yes, it really does. As we're going to see, it gets worse. Paul Sappo, uh, research director for the Institute for the Future, said, Hey, at the end of the day, hey, we're going to feel like tagged bears, but we'll find a way to conceal our location. Really, Paul? I don't think so. Listen to this. A marketer at an auto ID center meeting said, this, Hey, hey, wouldn't it be great when we know every time the consumer takes the lid off the toothpaste in their own bathroom? Excuse me? Oh, my goodness, that's still all. Helen Deuce of the Auto ID Center said, The Auto ID Center has a clear vision, listen to this, to create a world where every object from jumbo jets to sewing needles is linked to the Internet. Compelling as this vision is, it is only achievable if the sensor system is adopted by everyone everywhere. Success will be nothing less than global adoption. What? That's still nothing. Uh, a European Union working document on RFID says, the ability to surreptitiously collect a variety of data all related to the same person, track individuals as they walk in public places, airports, train stations, stores, enhance profiles through the monitoring of consumer behavior in stores, read the details of clothes and accessories, worn, and medicines carried by customers are all examples of uses of RFID technology that give rise to privacy concerns. Hey, why is the European Union talking about it, but we're not? Hey, interesting, but that's still all. Mark Roberti from the Auto ID Center said this, quote, The Auto ID Center's vision is a world in which low-cost RFID tags are put on every manufactured item and tracked using a single global network, get this, as they move from one company to another and from what? One country to another. Indeed, we envision individual items, cans of Coke, pairs of jeans, and car tires being tracked from the moment they're made until the time they are recycled. 
Now, how could you do that if they're recycled, if they're supposed to be shut off at the store? Hey, but you're not supposed to think that. IBM patent 2002-011-6274 height. That's right. The widespread use of RFID tags on merchandise, such as clothing, would make it possible for locations of people, what? People, animals, and objects to be tracked on a what? A global scale. A privacy invasion of Orwellian proportions. No kidding. Straight from the horse's mouth. Steve Holliday of AIM Global said, if I talk to companies and ask them if they want to replace the barcode with these tags, meaning right there, folks, he admitted it's not the same thing as the barcode, replace the barcode with these tags, the answer can't be anything but yes. Listen to this. He said, it's like giving them an opportunity to rule the world. Can you believe that? And Helen Deuce, again, of the Auto ID Center said this, in case uh, of EPC Network, there are currently no clear benefits for consumers by which to balance even the mildest negative. <laughs> the lack of clear benefits to consumers could present a problem in the real world. They admit it. There's nothing to benefit you and I. Can you believe that? But that's still all. Scott Silverman, of the CEO of Applied Digital Solutions, we'll get to him at the, when he starts hitting the dark future of RFID with the implants, quote, said this, the same scanner in a Walmart that is used to barcode your goods can be used to identify you. What? That's still in all. Kevin Ashton, executive director of the Auto ID Center, said this, quote, People might balk at the thought of police using RFID to scan the contents of a car's trunk without needing to open it. And then in another statement, he said, in order for RFID to be accepted into society, quote, direct quote, he says, we will have to die. He said, our generation will never fully embrace a world where everything can be tagged and trapped. It's just too new. But the next generation will... Wow. And, and speaking of Kevin Ashton, folks, let's again watch how this desire to track the whole world really is the stated goal of these people, even as unbelievable as it sounds. Check it out. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now. We're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple. We want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object anywhere automatically to sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. Well, I, folks, you can't get any more blunt than that. They really are going to track everything on the globe for the first time in our history. And it might be the last of man's history. But that's right, folks. As unbelievable as that was, this is even more. Get this. Scott McNeely, CEO of Sun Microsystems, here's the big goal. They say, hey, man, they're going to slap that baby's bottom, then slip an ID chip in their neck or between their shoulders so you can keep tracking your kid. What? And folks, believe it or not, it's precisely because these corporations, these guys, these entities, these companies are so serious about these claims that many privacy advocates are saying this. Check it out, folks. Uh, Charlie Smith said, hey, if you let them, people, companies like Gillette will monitor personal use of their products in your home. Throw away one of their razors in the trash, another one would be on its way. But that's all. The Guardian said, RFID tags can still work long after the product has been bought. If the tags become as ubiquitous as the manufacturers would like, people could be bristling with the chips in clothes and possessions. Anyone from police to potential thieves could work out exactly what they carry. But that's not all. Food Production Daily said this. A major concern is that the RFID chip could result in every product on earth having its own unique ID. The use of unique ID numbers could lead to the creation of a global item registration system in which every physical object is identified and linked to its purchaser or owner at the point of sale or transfer. What? But that's good all, folks. The privacy bulletin said this. 
after a relatively short period of a tracking a vehicle, it may be possible to predict when someone is or is not at home, where they work, spend their leisure time, go to church services and shop, uh, what schools their children attend, where friends and associates live, where they have been to see, uh, whether or not they've been seen a doctor, and whether they attend what? Political rallies. Very interesting. Why would they want to do that? Hmm. Catherine Albright of Caspian said this. What motivates me is an absolute resistance against the idea that we would all be just reduced to be numbers and tabbed and tracked like cattle. When I see RFID and I think about the world in which the powers that be, be they corporate or government, can essentially watch, surveil, track, manipulate, and control the people, that's what motivates me. A desire to see that not happen, not to my generation, to my children, to my grandchildren. History is going to judge us based on how we respond to this threat now. And folks, it's, it's, here's the whole point. If these corporations really aren't planning on making the global tracking of items, animals, and even people a reality, and if these very privacy advocates are really just blowing things out of proportion, okay, then you tell me, folks, right now, why is there state lawmakers in five different states right now, California, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Missouri, and Utah, at the time of this recording, writing bills addressing privacy concerns, and in some cases, proposing the outlawing of RFID technology being used to monitor citizens? Why? And not only that, man, listen, this is creepy. And why do some of these bills right now make it a felony to implant human beings with a spy chip without their consent? Somebody's serious about it. And folks, for goodness sake, why in the world would California State Senator Deborah Bowen say, how would you like it? Listen to this quote. How would you like it? If, for instance, one day you realize your underwear was reporting your whereabouts. <laughs> Can you believe that? Now, folks, maybe it's just me and I'm a strange kind of a guy, but I personally would not want my underwear reporting my whereabouts. How about you? For a multitude of reasons, we won't get into that. And folks, not only that, as you can see for yourself, these excuses, the industry is trying to give you and I to qualm our fears over this technology called RFID, they're not just seriously lame. Hello? But when you look at the facts, you pay attention to their own words, folks, it's obviously chock full of lies. No need to fear. No need to be afraid. These privacy advocates are just blowing things way out of proportions. Don't worry. We love you. It's all for your benefit. You can trust us. When they clearly have plans to use RFID to monitor and control not just products, but what? But you and I as well. I don't know about you guys, but I would say that's kind of a definite concern. How about you? But that's not all, folks. The uh, second thing we need to take a look at, folks, uh, with, with RFID, not just the definite concern, folks. We need to take a look at its dangerous deployment. We need to take a look, not just the definite concerns, but the dangerous deployment. And folks, what we're going to do now, we're not just going to look at what RFID in theory can do, but we're now going to look at the current development of RFID and what it's going to do, and in some cases, what it's already doing, and you have no idea. It's already out there being used on it. We'll take a look at that. Again, for RFID, man's greatest invention, or Mark of the Beast. And to answer that question, we saw the last two times, the first of three things we're going to be looking about, about RFID to answer that question. And the first one was the definite concern of RFID, the definite concern. And we saw the first definite concern was what in the world this technology can do. And then last time specifically, we saw the second definite concern, and that was what these corporations will do. And there we saw, if you've been tracking with this, folks, seven lame excuses these corporations keep dishing out to you and I to 
to try to calm our fears over RFID technology, and there are excuses such as this. They say, hey, people aren't going to get that close to scan the tags, and, and people won't be getting their own personal scanners, and, and, and people will have their information encrypted. All right, yeah, if you're wide enough, we'll just have the tags disarmed, and, and hey, we promoters of RFID, we can be trusted. We got no tracking plans, and uh, we never said such a thing, right? <laughs> but as we saw, folks, hello, once we looked at the facts, once we looked at the patents, once we looked at their actual quotes, hello, from these corporations, despite the multitude of lame excuses, man, they keep giving you and I, they really are planning on using this RFID technology, not just to monitor and control products, but what? People, you and I as well, right? And folks, you saw for yourself. You heard. You saw the quotes. You saw the video clips. This was not some sort of wacky, weird conspiracy theory, right? You heard for yourself. That's what these guys are planning on doing right now, right? And folks, I don't know about you, but I would kind of say that's a little bit of a definite concern with this technology. How about you? Hey, but that's not all. I'm still going, so guess what? Hey, that's right, Patty and Lewis, you're on the ball. I've still got more to go, and you're right. The second thing, folks, we need to consider and answer is whether or not RFID really is man's grace invention or is leading towards the mark of the beast. It's pretty simple. We need to look at the dangerous deployment of RFID. The dangerous deployment, folks, of RFID. People, what we're going to look at now is we're going to look not just at what RFID in theory can do, okay, but now we're going to look at the actual deployment of RFID, folks, what it's going to do, and in some cases, whether you realize it or not, they're already doing, folks. It's already being used on you and I. And as you are going to see, folks, with your own eyes, okay, RFID is not only going to cover every single sector of society, from the shoe to the zoo to me and you, hello, but it really will. As Kevin Ashton said, it's going to, for the first time, enable a truly global monitoring system of both people and products right down to whether or not we can buy or sell. Hmm, where have heard that before? Revelation 13. Hey, that's right. Whoever said that? Revelation uh, chapter 13, Mark the Beast. Gee, I wonder where they're leading. And, folks, it's pretty simple. Hello, the first area that RFID technology right now, folks, is being deployed is in the retail industry. That's right. It's coming, folks, already in the retail industry. Let's take a look at a propaganda video getting you and I prepared and used to having this invasion in the retail industry. Let's take a look. Is this the help desk? Yes, it is. Maximus worried. Who's Maximus? I am Maximus. Why are you worried? Feathers. Feathers? Feathers! Will they sell? I'm afraid not. Well, how do you know? Mining data from sales, news, blogs. Mining blogs? Where is this blog mine? No data. Trend spotting. What is it? Feathers are over. Ah! The Maximus over! One word. Chapon. Chapon? Hmm. Looking for trends? That's right, IBM can help. Now, folks, whether you realize or not, what you just saw was a little commercial, a propaganda piece from IBM, and using RFID technology, not just, as we, the corporation often say, to monitor and track retail items throughout the entire retail chain, but you saw and you heard for itself what? They're going to use this technology to mine our personal data, monitor our shopping habits and buying habits and behavior, so as to what? Give them the ability to make trend predictions based on our behavior, Right? And so the question is, well, why in the world would they want to do that? Well, folks, believe it or not, as the old adage say, uh, goes, uh, trace the money trail, it is to further invade our privacy so they can personally market us and manipulate us into giving us more of them, more of our money. Don't believe me, folks? Let's take a look at what they're planning on doing with RFID specifically in the retail industry. And you tell me, folks, if that's not where they're really up to, it's all about the money. And they start off with a couple of justifications. And the first one that they do is they say, hey, man, the 
first justification is, hey, it's going to be good for the companies. And if it's good for the companies, why, it's great for the economy. And that's what everybody's concerned about, right? Well, let's take a look, folks, at their justification. One of the biggest supposed justifications as to why, folks, we really need to have every single retail item on the planet tracked and monitored with RFID is that they say this is going to be good for companies. It's going to save them time and, and money in a variety of ways. For instance, they say that if RFID is used in the retail industry, well, this is going to enable their shelves to be monitored continuously to ensure that products are always on hand. That's right. And if they get low, hey, an alert can be instantly sent to the stock room or office to tell them to bring out more or order more immediately. Oh, by the way, that guy there, <laughs> he ate way too much chicken, man. But anyway, that's right. Uh, also, when any product is returned or exchanged, its RFID tag could be read and automatically added to the inventory, whereupon the employees who do the restocking could be told exactly where to place the item. No more stuff out of, out of place. That's right. Or an RFID tag could also let them know if the product instead needs to be returned to the vendor in case it has a recall. In fact, having RFID in the retail industry could allow companies to automatically change shipments of products in route based on minute-by-minute -minute need. And boy, talk about convenience. Hey, they're really planning on this, by the way. If fitting rooms are equipped with RFID readers, then they could identify the merchandise a shopper brings in and trigger a video to start playing in the fitting room that describes the outfit, suggest accessories to go along with it, and even see a person model it right before the very eye. Folks are really planning on that. I'm not making it up. Or, to get even more personal, this system could scan you and I or use pictures of us already stored in the database. Hey, they wouldn't do that, would they? Wait. Give me about 10 more minutes, man. The cat's coming out of the bag on the database issue. But anyway, that's right. Uh, sort in a database so they can see themselves in the outfit, right? And, and speaking of nifty, that's right. Capital N, nifty. RFID in retail could be used to track employees. What? To track employees to improve labor efficiency. That's right. For instance, store management could verify through an automated system that an employee was at the appropriate station at the start of a shift or at the end of a break so that managers automatically know if an employee spends too much time in the break room or didn't show up to work on time and thereby print out a report. Ooh, you're in trouble now. And of course, that's right. Since RFID can track and trace anything they're put on, folks, this would overnight dramatically reduce counterfeit products and theft rates. Some say by 80%. By automatically alerting management when the item coming in is phony or when the item going out hasn't been paid for. And as you can see in this next video demonstration of the, the multitude of ways companies are going to benefit. Let's take a look. Retail stores that specialize in high-volume media such as videos, CDs, computer software, and video games often experience difficulties in managing inventory and preventing shrinkage. Accenture Technology Labs developed the physical media tracking prototype to demonstrate how real-time data can improve inventory tracking, increase employee efficiency, and identify sources of shrinkage. Present-day retail inventory management requires a significant amount of manual labor, which results in data that is often out of date or incomplete. The physical media tracking system uses radio frequency ID technology integrated with retail inventory management systems to provide real-time accurate data. This greatly streamlines the inventory management process. The prototype simulates a store environment that is fully equipped with RFID sensors and readers. The products in this case, CDs, are equipped with RFID tags which link to a database that contains information such as product name, manufacturer, and price. When products arrive at the store, they are instantly scanned by RFID readers and that information is uploaded instantly into the store's inventory management system. Products that once had to be counted by hand can be scanned in under a second.
During the course of the day, the store manager can review the inventory system and see items that need to be shelved, pulled, or that are out of place. For example, the system guides store personnel through daily stock tasks. If the associate is asked to put three copies of a particular CD on the shelf, but only stocks two, then the system will show that one remains to be shelved. In retail settings, one of the biggest areas of customer complaints is not being able to find the items that they are looking for. The item might be in stock, but not where it's supposed to be. Physical media tracking can identify a CD that is on the wrong shelf and send a message to a sales associate to move it to its proper place. The system is continuously updated as tasks are completed. The prototype is also designed to help identify fraud and potential points of shrinkage. Imagine that a customer takes a CD off the shelf and tries to return it for a refund. The system will issue a warning that the CD has not been purchased. RFID readers at the store's exit can detect when people try to leave with items that have not been purchased. Over time, data collected about points of theft and shrinkage can be used to analyze and close security gaps. Physical media tracking can also be used to help retailers analyze where in a store items are being purchased, especially important for retailers that have the same product in multiple locations around the store. In addition to improve inventory management efficiency, the retailer can use the data from the system to generate new revenue. For example, the retailer can charge distributors for information about how their product moves through the store. Accenture Technology Labs envision that the use of RFID technology will greatly increase the profitability in the retail marketplace. Oh, and folks, did you notice there, what did you say? It was about profitability. It wasn't about convenience. It was about the cash. They were using it not just to track the products, as you saw there, but what? Even people who were carrying the products. Whoa, that's pretty interesting. But that's an all, folks. As you guys can see, companies are clearly excited about having RFID in retail because they will clearly benefit from it in a variety of ways. But the question I got for you guys is this. Will it really be a benefit to you and I? Let's take a look. And this brings us to the second justification that keeps coming down. Hey, it's good for you, the consumers. Come on, you can trust us, snake oil guys. Oh, snake oil's not there. That's in the... Whatever. But anyway, that's right. Let's take a look. Here's what they say. They say the monitoring and tracking of every retail item on the planet with RFID, it's not just good for our company. Hey, it's good for you, the consumer as well. And then they justify this comment by saying that uh, RFID in the retail industry will not only save us time and money, just like the companies, but it's going to usher in an era of consumer convenience beyond our wildest dreams, like these articles and visions. Folks, pay attention. This is the future they are planning for us. I'm not making this up. Pay attention. It's the year 2010. You're watching your favorite morning news show to see what's happening in the crazy world of technology. But the show is interrupted by commercials. Rats. But get this. So, so you think this is a good time for a cup of coffee when suddenly the face of your girlfriend shows up on the screen telling you to buy the latest model of MP3 player with a miniature hard disk of 1.5 terabytes and a weight of uh, only 20 grams suitable for any occasion. That's why offered by Walmart. But you don't have time to think about, the, uh, about this because the next commercial shows your best friend recommending to you personally the latest car model that's personalized according to your exact wishes which you described to a car dealer just a couple of days ago. How'd they know that? 
They know everything. But that's right now you're getting annoyed. So you turn the TV set off, and, uh, but you forget to disconnect from the Internet. So now you hear your girlfriend's voice on the speakers on the stereo reminding that only the best roses can be purchased at roses.com for her upcoming birthday next week. But this is interrupted by the door t- doorbell as your friends arrive to take you to a baseball game at the local stadium, in which you don't worry about a ticket because, hey, in our fighting world, they're no longer needed. You just show up and you walk in. Your presence is automatically recognized. How? By an RFID reader scans you, and, and the cost is automatically debited from your account. But there's a small crowd at the game, so you decide to move down to the more, you know, good seats, expensive ones. And as you do, though, none of the people who pay good money for those good seats, folks, are concerned about your behavior because they know what apparently you've forgotten this RFID world. The more expensive seat automatically senses your presence, too, and it promptly sends a signal back to the ticket office, which in turn debits your bank account for the difference in price. Oops. So that's right, after the game, you you head home, and suddenly the muffler on your car announces, I have a leak. I don't know if that's actually how a muffler's going to sound. I don't know muffle leaks. But anyway, that's not the point. It says, I have a leak. And, and suggest an appointment with the local mechanic the next day, in which you agree. And, and since you're hungry, you stop off at a convenience store to... To get a hot dog, uh, uh, whereupon a screen pops up on the computer in front of the attendant at the counter that tells him, ask the customer if he would like extra nacho cheesy potato chips. So the attendant does, in which you, of course, say yes because they're your favorite kind. How they know that? Hey, it knows everything in RFID world. So after you drop off your buddies, uh, you head home, and upon entering the door, your home computer asks you if you'd like to order pizza in three hours, which just happens to be the normal time that you eat every night. And it knows everything. And since you know that you'll be hungry again by then, you say yes and proceed to take out your garbage. But as soon as you put the garbage in the garbage can, the can sends you an audible alert telling that you just put a recyclable item in the wrong bin, in which you immediately correct uh, correct to avoid yet another fine from the waste management company automatically debited from your account. But then you decide to wash some clothes before the pizza arrives, so you throw your laundry to the machine, but an alarm goes off there too, as, as the washing machine informs you not to put your white dress shirt in with your red t-shirt. And just in case you don't comply, it deactivates itself until you remove the red shirt. So later that night, after you finish the pizza that arrived right on time, you go to the refrigerator to get a drink of water when the refrigerator informs you that you're out of milk. And then ask if you want to order more uh, from the grocery store and have it delivered. And once you yawn and say yes and then promptly head off to bed in RFID world. So are you hallucinating? Is this a bad scenario of a poor science fiction movie? No. And I quote from the article, folks, Welcome to the wonderful world of RFID, where we, quote, know everything about how to serve our favorite customer. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but that RFID envisioned future, not very long in the future, by the way, is just a little bit creepy for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about you guys. And people, what you've got to realize is this is not just some creepy future science fiction scenario. It really is the actual viable scenario of RFID in the retail world today. This is where we're headed, folks. They're, they're making the machines everything for us. Therefore, the question we've got to ask ourselves, folks, is this. Is this the kind of envisioned future of the retail world that's really good for you and I? I don't think so. As you guys are going to see for yourself, it's going to lead to a whole world of privacy problems like never before in man's history. Let's take a look. The first privacy problem of RFID in the retail world, folks, it creates personalized data mining. That's right. It creates personalized data mining. Let's take a look. What most people don't realize is that an RFID-enabled retail world will have the ability, folks, to mine personal data from you and I that will be used against us like never before in history. And to make matters worse, folks, is that most people are still under the illusion that companies don't already practice this data mining, which they already do. How? Thanks for asking. You guys are on the ball. It's done by getting us to buy into their loyalty card system, which in turn gives them a complete profile into our most 
intimate buying habits as is clearly seen in this next video. Pay attention, folks. Get ready. If you're not familiar with the reality of you and I being in databases all over the world and people uh, using this information against us, you're in for a rude awakening on this next video clip. Pay attention. Here it is. Do you have an optimum card? Do you have a discount card? No. Yeah. No, what's that? Here's the plan. Find out what these big companies do with all that prime personal information in their possession after your loyal submission into their club card confederation. We target two loyalty programs because so many of you have these cards in your wallet. With the No Fee Shoppers Drug Mart Optimum card, spend money, get points. The promise? Add up points to get free stuff. What do they get from you? Your name, birth date, address, and the ages of your children, and all of your spending habits. At Safeway, the free club card gives special prices on select items. The promise? To save you money. What do they get from you? A look at the products you buy connected with your name, address, and phone number. I decide to assemble a tactical team to tackle this task. I figure we can't go wrong, since these companies publicly state that you have the right to know what personal information they have in your private dossier. We're calling them consumer cadets. Viewers who have written letters to shoppers and Safeway asking for copies of their files. Receive a copy of any information. Their goal? Receive a copy of any and all To find out what, if any, personal data has been tallied and tabulated. held in my shopper's optimum member file. Our cadets are not alone. 76% of Canadians are members of a loyalty program. To try to get a fix on why so many people buy into these memberships, I'm going to a place with some real members. We've done a story on loyalty card programs. Which other ones do you have? What? <laughs> you get points and you, and you can buy things with it. You know, the extra bonuses they're going to give you, the points, and then they'll give you free merchandise. I do have an optimum card. Yes, I do. You do? Yes, do, do I you do. Do you use it? What do you get out on of it? On occasional. 5% off sometimes. Discounts. But at what cost? So we took our mission here to Harvard University. We're about to meet someone here who, believe it or not, is doing her doctoral thesis on loyalty cards. Privacy activist, Catherine Albrecht. So who benefits from these uh, cards? Because consumers clearly think they do. Well, we, we've actually, in five years of doing this, have been unable to find a single consumer benefit from using these cards. But hold on a second. We thought these cards are all about saving a dime. So we launched Project Grocery Bag. We shop at four different grocery stores, including a Safeway. We buy the same ten items store. The tally at the real Canadian Superstore is $18.38. Our corner market is almost $5 more at $23.15. IGA is just a few cents up at $23.59. But the big jump comes at Safeway where the total hits $28.10. That's almost $10 more than at Superstore. But with the Safeway Club Card savings, the total drops to $26.22.
still more than the other three stores, but they tell us we've saved almost $2. That is unbelievable. Is this your experience for these cars? It is. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to tell Safeway about the results of Project Grocery Bag and ask them for an interview, but they declined. What we advise people to do is find a store that doesn't have the cars. Because we are essentially, with our shopping dollars, we're funding this whole monster. We are funding the system. We're funding the databases. We're paying the salaries of the people who are collecting this data on us. We are essentially paying to build our own data prisons here. But in our pennywise haste to save a dime, are we slowly and pound foolishly giving up our right to privacy? Companies like Shoppers Drug Mart assure you they're on the ball. They say, we do not rent, sell, or provide the personal information of Shoppers Optimum members. Safeway pitches the same game, but has a special curveball attached. We may disclose personal information in response to a subpoena court process specific request by a law enforcement agency. So let's say you buy a lot of Ziploc bags, maybe for a bake sale, or maybe to pack and sell certain suspect substances. Could a grocery store like Safeway turn your records over to the police? There's a grocery chain that actually turned over records of uh, some of its shoppers' purchases of plastic sandwich bags. Uh, the, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency here in the States, uh, subpoenaed those records to see if uh, some particular people had bought a large quantity of plastic sandwich bags on the, on the presumption that anyone buying a lot of plastic sandwich bags must be selling drugs. You don't have to be the police to find out what people buy. We sent one of our garbage-picking producers to dig in the trash. You see, Safeway actually prints the name of club card members on the receipt, not too private. But they're not so forthcoming about handing over a copy of your file. Remember our consumer cadets? The mission of Bruce Gates was to get a copy of his file from Safeway. I would like to receive a copy of any information held in my Safeway file. Cadet Bruce is the first of our crew to get a letter back from Safeway, but they don't give him his info. <laughs> They want a uh, $75 fee to process the uh, information. They say that uh, the fee offsets some of the costs incurred to perform a task that is outside the normal course of Safeway business. Well, the normal course of Safeway business is to collect the data from those cards. Another cadet, Kulbinda Saran, wrote Shoppers Drug Mart for a copy of her Optimum card file. She's still waiting for a response. So we send her on a mission behind shopper lines to get the goods. If I'm an Optimum member, what do you do with my personal information? No, they don't sell their actual information. Actually, really confidential. So just a line so they can link up what would be good for you. Okay. Because um, I received a brilliant brown uh, brunette, that, that promotion as well, so they know what color my hair is and everything, too? They should. Great work, I imagine. What's what's them down with Chopper's Drug Mart? Well, it was really interesting because what they do is they try to find out what kind of product that I would like to purchase next based on my spending um, mm -hmm. purchases in, in the past. Thank you very much. Now we're going to talk to one of Marketplace's operative, Tessa. Tessa, Chopper's Drug Mart refused to give us an interview, but you did speak to them yourself. That's right, and they were quite helpful. They talked to us at length. But they did refuse to give us an on-camera interview. However, I found a press release from a company called Natiza. They're a company that creates computer servers and databases. Shoppers bought a system from Natiza. Now your next mission is to head over to Framingham, Massachusetts, just outside Boston.
We're back in Massachusetts. About to visit the company that sold Shoppers Drug Mart, their big computer that tracks consumer information. It's big business. And hey, if Shoppers Drug Mart won't tell us what they know, maybe these guys will give us some info. This is the kind of machine that crunches data for shoppers. The company that makes it is Netiza. Their CEO, Jit Saxena. Well, you could, you could just right now isolate a particular customer and, and instantly come up with a profile? That's right. What is it about information that brings these companies to your doorstep? For these businesses to really understand their customers. They need to know a lot about uh, what they buy, how they buy it, and all this requires that they track all the interactions. We think about this for a minute. Would it make sense for a store to spend what, what typically is estimated to be, be between 60 and $100 million a year to maintain a card program? So now think about that, that for a minute. Expensive? It's that expensive. Now, why would they do that and then lower it prices? Well, but, but they'd go out of business. In the end, this merry-go-round mission is impossibly incomplete. We still don't know exactly what these companies are doing with your information. We do know that they consider it quite valuable. The question is, how valuable is it to you? Just this week, some of our consumer cadets got packages from Shoppers Drug Mart, a detailed list of everything they've ever bought using their card, including some pretty personal purchases. As for Safeway, two cadets have heard back. No info, just asking for that $75 fee. So now we know they're using it to make money, and we're using it, we think, to save money. Keep using your cars as you wish, but remember, few things in life are free. Whoa! Now, folks, I don't know about you, but it sure sounds like we've been totally tricked into letting these companies build massive personal databases on us. How about you? Mm-hmm. In fact, folks, it's already been estimated, pay attention, folks, that Walmart, just Walmart, already has a database on you and I's customers that contains twice as much information as the whole Internet. What? Folks, check it out for yourself. I'm not making it up. And that's not only a serious invasion of our privacy. That's downright sneaky, man. But that's still wrong, folks. Believe it or not, what these companies are about to do in an RFID-enabled retail world will make what you just saw in that video look like mere child's play. The current system can only mine data from us if we sign up for a loyalty card or if we pay something with a credit or debit card, right? But the future system with RFID will enable them to mine personal data from us, get this, folks, from every single item we ever purchase anywhere, anytime, card or not. And I don't know about you guys, well, no wonder they're so excited, but I call that a huge privacy problem. How about you? <laughs> you thought it was bad uh, with that video? You ain't seen nothing yet, folks, with RFID. It's going to get you whether you want to sign up or not, period. But that's not all, folks. Let's take a look at the second privacy problem of RFID in a retail world, and that is it creates personalized marketing. That's right, folks, personalized marketing. Let's check it out. As we saw earlier, the companies out there promoting RFID in retail, they're saying, hey, there's no need to fear this new technology because it's really designed to better serve you and I, the customer, and they only have our best interests at heart. Really? I don't think so. In fact, Procter & Gamble admitted this when they said about supposed, listen to this, supposed RFID benefits for the customers that it, quote, may all be a appear to be a, a bit exaggerated and useless. <laughs> and they said this, at the end of the day, it'll only save us a few minutes. Yeah, cats out of the bag. The truth is, folks, that RFID in the retail, it's not only an easy way for companies to build personalized databases on us. Get this, 
It's an even easier way for them to use that information and then thrust a personalized marketing scheme at us. Pay attention, folks. Whether you realize it or not, people, RFID has nothing to do with giving us more convenience. It has everything to do with getting more of our cash. Don't believe me? Listen to them, folks. Admit it for themselves on this next video clip. It's all about marketing us, find out our intimate details, and buying habits to get more of our cash. Pay attention, folks. Shopping here was like shopping anywhere else. You'd cruise the aisles, maybe buy something, maybe not. In an industry that spends more than $13 billion each year on market research, we still wouldn't know how people browse the store or how they make their decisions. Until now, with RFID tag products and smart shelves, we can communicate with our customers, even put together special promotions and offers just as they are making the decision to buy. And we gain valuable insight about how our customers shop our store, information that's worth a lot to us and to our suppliers. Many companies keep data warehouses brimming with transaction data, intending to use it to gain insight into their customers' preferences and product interests. In practice, however, this has proven difficult, in part perhaps because very little information is captured about the products that are sold. Accenture Technology Labs developed the Product Profiler prototype to demonstrate how retailers can use new sources of data to gain insight for competitive advantage. Product Profiler augments the information retailers have about customers with information about products so they can better understand customer preferences, forecast demand, and monitor competitors. How does it work? Using proprietary state-of-the-art text mining and machine learning algorithms, Product Profiler learns to associate words in product descriptions with product attributes, such as trendiness, style, and formality. Marketers can also use the prototype to help write more targeted descriptions of their products and ensure consistent brand positioning. Here, Product Profiler suggests modifications that can help this product description more effectively convey the intended marketing message. Accenture researchers developed a recommender system that can suggest items similar in taste and style to a customer's past purchases. This is a significant improvement over traditional collaborative filtering. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but it's pretty obvious. They're really going to use that technology to personally market us down to our personal buying habits and decisions and choices, right? Why? To get more of our cash. Pay attention, folks. I don't know about you guys, but it sure sounds to me like RFID in the retail industry has absolutely nothing to do with giving you and I more convenience. Are you kidding? You've heard it for yourself. It has everything to do with marketing us to get more of our cash. And folks, I don't know about you guys, but I only call that a huge privacy problem. I call that a huge greed problem as well. How about you? Oh, but that's still all. It gets worse as we go. Get this, man. The third privacy problem that RFID in the retail world creates, it creates a personalized pricing. You talk about discrimination. Get this, folks. It's unbelievable. As if the greedy intentions of these companies using RFID in retail wasn't apparent enough. Believe it or not, folks, you ain't seen nothing yet. Believe it or not, they not only plan on personally marketing us for more of our cash, get this, but they plan on giving us personalized prices based on our income and spending habits so as to squeeze out even more of our cash. As one person in the RFID retail industry said, with RFID on loyalty cards to identify the customer and a customer shopping history 
database, items can be priced differently depending on the characteristics of the shopper. Different promotions could be offered to different customers via their personal digital assistants or cell phone displays at kiosks and by employees receiving prompts on the point of sale terminals, just like we saw in that video clip earlier with, you know, supposedly down in the future. But you might be thinking, hey, come on, come on, man. These, these companies can't be serious about implementing this kind of discriminating pricing system, can they? This is crazy. Well, that's right, folks. As always, don't listen to me. Listen to them and admit it for yourself in this next video clip that they simply and blatantly call <laughs> the personalized pricing tool. They're really going to do it. Pay attention. Businesses today have more opportunities to communicate with customers one-on-one. -on -one. The next challenge? Gaining the insights that will help businesses say something relevant to each customer. Accenture Technology Labs developed the personalized pricing tool to demonstrate how retailers can use the transaction data they currently collect to generate individualized incentives and pricing. Instead of marketing to demographic clusters of consumers, retailers can use insight about the buying habits of individual customers to target them with specific offers, boosting profits, and increasing customer satisfaction. Through customer loyalty cards, retailers know a lot about an individual customer's buying history. Yet, the same in-store incentives are offered to everyone regardless of their personal profile. Accenture's personalized pricing tool prototype examines an individual customer's purchase history, as well as the store's targeted sales volume and current inventory to generate a personalized pricing offer. Imagine you are a store manager and your goal is to increase both sales and customer loyalty without compromising profits. Using the personalized pricing tools modeling and simulation techniques, you can determine which customers are likely to be interested in buying your overstocked items and give them targeted offers that will motivate them to buy without under-discounting. Discount strategies can be altered each day according to store objectives. The result is a significant increase in customer satisfaction and in sales as compared to traditional incentive programs. Now imagine that you are a shopper. You enter the store and swipe your loyalty card at a kiosk. You are instantly presented with coupons that are customized to you based on both your previous purchase history and the retail manager's objectives. You can print them out or download them to a PDA or phone. In the near future, shopping carts outfitted with scanners may offer special discounts as you shop through the store based on items you have placed in your cart or your shopping habits over multiple visits. Other industries can benefit from the personalized pricing tool as well. Financial services companies, for instance, could bundle cross-industry products from banking to insurance according to an individual customer's needs. As businesses increasingly interact with customers one-on-one -on -one and in real time, it's not enough just to analyze last quarter's data to inform next quarter's marketing campaign. At Accenture Technology Labs, we developed a personalized pricing tool to assess the potential of individualized promotional strategies to maximize customer satisfaction while also optimizing business performance. Can you believe that? They're going to personally give us a personal price based on our habits. They're excited about it. It's all about what? That's right, the cash. But folks, let's take a look. I don't know about you guys, but it sure looks to me as these companies are planning on using RFID to squeeze as much money out of you and I as they can. How about you? Big time. But it gets even worse, folks. Get this. They not only discriminate against us based on our income and buying habits, as you just saw, but they even go so far as to classify us whether or not, this is their own words, I'm not making this up, whether or not you and I are a, quote, barnacle or a bottom feeder. 
That's their own terminology, folks. And that if we're not dropping big money in their stores, they don't want us around, and we're going to be financially penalized for it. Don't believe me, folks? Listen to how Marty Abrams, a policy advisor at Hunton & Williams Law Firm, describes how marketers do just that now. He says, quote, Maximization, in some cases, means providing white-glove service and pricing that expands the firm's share of the consumer's wallet. In other cases, it means marginal service, that means bad service, and high prices designed to what? To drive the unattractive consumer somewhere else. That's right, get out of here. And as another person put it, get this, here's what it's leading to. You know, they say, you know that awful feeling you get when you sit next to a guy who paid 100 bucks for the same flight that cost you 600 to board? Soon you could have the same experience with food, clothing, even children's toys every, toys every time you shop. Imagine approaching a shelf and seeing the price tag change before your very eyes, flashing you a personalized price. That's right, tailored to your shopping history and profitability to the store. It's called, this is their term, they can't say it's personalized pricing because they'll get in big trouble. Here's their terminology, it's called customer specific pricing. And RFID, the person says, could make it a reality. So here's the question, how do these greedy companies figure out how to identify people so they know who gets the good prices and the white glove service and who gets the high prices and the rotten service? Hey, that's right, folks. Can you say RFID in the retail industry? People, once the system is installed in place with RFID, their greedy problem is solved. The RFID tags in people's cards and or on their person will enable stores to scan them and recognize them by person, and then coupled with the personalized database they already got on us, will be able to alert them whether or not you and I are a good customer or a bad customer based on our income and buying habits, and then change the prices accordingly. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I not only call that a huge privacy problem, I call that a huge discrimination problem. How about you? Oh, but that's not all, folks. It gets even worse. The fourth uh, uh, problem, the privacy problem that RFID in retail creates, folks, is personalized tracking. What? Hey, I wish I was making it up, folks. Let's take a look. As if what you've seen so far, folks, was not bad enough. Believe it or not, it gets worse. That's right. Now our company is going to use RFID in retail to create personalized databases so as to personally market us, so as to give us a personalized price. But believe it or not, folks, this technology will even allow them and others to create a personalized tracking system to continually monitor, uh, track, and market us, okay? And the first way they plan on doing this is by implementing what's being called, this is their own terminology, I'm not making it up, they're calling it snippers. <laughs> snippers, that's right, it stinks in my opinion, that's right, no pun intended. Well, actually it was. Snippers in the home. Believe it or not, folks, there's an actual patent out called the, quote, inventory and location system that describes how RFID readers could be installed in your home's doorways, uh, floors, closets, and even your car to inventory all your RFID retail items and report their findings on a minute-by-minute -minute basis back to the marketers. Don't believe me? Listen to the patent yourself, folks. It says, quote, as a customer enters the door of his residence, notice it's in the home, folks, a sniffer placed on the floor near the doorway detects the new RFID tag purchase. This wireless sniffer automatically and continuously emits a signal that searches for an RFID label which it's never seen before. The user's house may contain many sniffers which all wirelessly communicate with the personal computer. A mobile sniffer could even be installed in the user's car and would be able to report the new purchases as the car enters the driveway or garage so retailers get this what so retailers and suppliers can analyze their sales and marketing strategies now wait a second folks how could they do that sniff them in the home unless the RFID tags were still left on or were somehow still readable after the point of sale 
Mm-hmm. I guess you're not supposed to think that. It's a little suspicious thinking. Oh, but that's not all, folks. The second way they plan on personally tracking us is not just snippers in the home, but snippers in the trash. <laughs> this is amazing. Believe it or not, folks, companies are also planning on using RFID in retail to continually track, monitor, and market us by the contents of our trash cans from vehicles equipped with RFID readers that scan the tags as they drive by the house. For instance, I'm not making up, you can check it out for yourself. Bell South has a patent now for a device that's being called, quote, System and Method for Utilizing RF Tags to Collect Data Concerning Post-Consumer Products, whereupon they can collect, sort, process, and sell the data. Oh, they never do that. You already saw it being done. Sell the data containing our trash with RFID tags still on them. And they say, quote, by combining captured pre-consumer information with post-consumption information, that means our trash, the entire life cycle of an item may be tracked. What? That's right, tracked. This information may be useful to any number of entities, including retailers, manufacturers, distributors, and the like. Grocery stores, pharmacies, and retailers may find it useful to know how long it takes, get this, a particular item to go from being stocked on the shelf to being placed in a waste or recycling receptacle. Now, wait a second, folks. How in the world could they track an item from the store to the trash can, unless, of course, and that's at our house, the trash can, unless, of course, the RFID tags were still left on or were still somehow readable after the point of sale? Oh, but you're not supposed to think that. Anyway, but the third way, you're being too suspicious. The third way they plan on tracking us is with sniffers, not just in the home in our trash. They're everywhere, folks. Believe it or not, folks, companies are also planning on using RFID in the retail to continually track, monitor, and market us by turning the... I'm not making this up. You're going to see it for yourself. They're going to turn the whole world into one giant RFID-enabled shopping mall that they call the Real World Showroom. Don't believe me, folks. Watch this next video, this idea in action. They really are going to turn the whole world into one giant shopping mall. They're going to rake in cash like never before. Watch it for yourself. Pay attention. Imagine if the entire world was your personal showroom, where you see products in use and you can buy them right there, right away. With the advent of inexpensive radio frequency identification, or RFID tags, and the ubiquity of mobile devices, the gap between where we use products and where we buy them begins to disappear. At Accenture, our researchers developed a prototype called Real World Showroom. Using wireless PDAs, Equipped with an RFID reader, I can query everyday objects around me, such as the tie my friend is wearing. Information about the product, such as pricing, availability, and delivery options, is retrieved from a variety of online sources. Click a few options, and the tie is yours. As these tags become pervasive, products will start to advertise themselves, and those products' owners will become sales channels. For instance, if I buy a friend's tie, he could receive sales commission for that sale. But real-world showroom is more than a shopping tool. It's a way to find out everything about a product. By scanning a data tag on a used car, for instance, you could see if it's been involved in an accident, how many times it's been sold, or get a certified odometer reading. Scan a stereo, and you could see a supply chain history to make sure it's not a gray market item. Real-world showroom is an example of what we at Accenture like to call silent commerce. In the future, more and more commerce will be conducted between people and objects in real time and in real world situations, not just at the store or on the web. Wow. Can you guys believe that? But that's right, folks. I don't know about you, but it sure appears to me, man, somebody really wants to turn the whole world into what? One big giant shopping mall with RFID, right? But wait a second. 
How, how can they do that? How can that guy scan the, the, his uh, friend's tie to buy it unless, of course, the RFID tags were still left on or were still somehow readable after the point of sale? Isn't that a little suspicious? And these are actual things they're working on? And folks, I don't know about you, but I think it's obvious if these companies get their way with RFID in the retail world, we are headed, folks, for one of the worst invasions of privacy the world has ever seen. How about you? But that's right, folks. I'm not the only one who sees it coming. So does this news, secular news agency. Pay attention to their report. You know, it just seems like a fact of life these days. Well, this, you know, that you are watched when you don't even know it sometimes. Yeah, and now it's the latest front in the invasion of privacy. We take the debate to the edge of the newest technology. Hello, Toronto Tonight viewer. They know where you live. They are Reason, an American magazine. And when the next edition is delivered to subscribers, readers will get this personalized message along with an aerial picture of their home right on the cover. The public match their subscriber list to publicly available photo maps to create an issue that's customized to every reader. They're celebrating the death of privacy. Of course, not everyone is cheering. The Internet, telecommunications technology, cell phones, all these technologies have the capability of tracking your activities, your whereabouts, your movements, and placing you at certain positions at times. So surveillance has expanded dramatically. We all know we are watched pretty well everywhere we go. Maybe it's worth it for a safer city. But is it worth it for more convenient shopping? Because in this digital age, every time money changes hands, we already leave a little piece of our digital DNA, numbers that tell a story of who we are what we're like. But what's the next step? Imagine a world where everything you buy, from the clothes on your back to a bottle of cough syrup, can be tracked wherever it goes. Well, imagine no more because that technology is already here. In the near future, this chip will be embedded in every product you buy, storing product information and locating it at an exact time and place, from manufacturing to distribution to the retail store. The chip that replaces barcodes. You put a chip on an item, and then you go about your normal business, loading it onto, onto, onto trucks or passing it onto your shelves, and every time it moves by an antenna, it gets scanned regardless of orientation. The inventory control benefit is obvious. Real-time updates on what's selling, what isn't. That's why these executives from around the world are so excited. Through the whole supply chain, um, you're going to see a 20% savings in labor. You're going to see an 80% reduction in theft. But here's the potential problem. When you bring it home, because the chip doesn't ever really stop transmitting information. The ability to track uh, an individual consumer with a variety of products that they've purchased and the ability to aggregate that information and develop profiles on the kind of purchases that that individual has made, it grows exponentially. RFID is now being adopted by Walmart, but another company, Benetton, aborted its plans to use RFID because of privacy protests. So clearly the jury is out. So you go into a lingerie store, you go into a condiment store, you, you can paint the picture and then link that to the kind of position I might have as a public official or a school teacher or there could be enormous abuses of that information. Of course, there is another side to the story. Think about um, tagging pets and getting your dog back even though there's no collar. 
Think about lost children. Your child's movement could be tracked minute by minute in a world where scanners are everywhere. Perhaps that's privacy well worth giving up. But remember, when privacy's lost, it's lost forever. Wow. Yeah, gone forever is the key word there. Now, folks, why, here's, here's my whole point. Why in the world would a reputable news agency be reporting on the dangerous privacy and tracking concerns of RFID, unless, of course, maybe there really is some dangerous privacy and tracking concerns with RFID? Anybody can get that without any help? <laughs> but that's still not all, folks. What most people don't realize is that coupled with other invasive databases, the deployment of RFID very well, folks, could lead to a system much like the one that's already been implemented by the Dutch government on their people on January 1st, 2007, next year. That's being called by people the Cradle to the Grave database. Get this, where all citizens will be given an electronic file containing all kinds of personal information like health, education, family, police records, etc. to supposedly help identify what? Potential troublemakers. And of course, that's right, reduce crime rates. Quote, the database will be used by organizations to warn each other of a certain person's dubious record on anything from petty thieving to school truancy. Red flags will be raised if an individual is thought to pose a significant risk of criminality. That's right. Child Protection Services, get this, will say, hey, there's a, there's a warning flag from the police. There's another one from school. There's another one from the doctor. Something must be going on. It's time to call the parents in for a meeting. That's right. We say so. And they also say, quote, once a child is registered on the database, there will be issued a citizen service number, making it easier for authorities to keep track of them, uh, even if their families move around the country from what? From birth until death. Wow. Now, folks, I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me, okay? I'm a little bit uh, fired up today. But, but I really think it appears to me somebody is planning on using this RFID technology in the retail industry, not just to monitor the products in the world for inventory purposes, but what? It's clear the whole goal is for uh, monetary purposes as well as tracking purposes, possibly from the cradle to the grave. And hello, folks, you saw for yourself, hello, this was a, some sort of weird, wacky conspiracy theory, right? You saw and you heard for yourself on the clips. <laughs> That's precisely what these people are not just planning on doing, but in some cases, they're doing it right now, whether you realize it or not. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thinking that's a little bit of a dangerous deployment of this kind of technology. How about you? But that's right, folks. That's and all. The second area, RFID, is right now, folks, being deployed is in the what? That's right. This is scary, folks. The food industry. It's being deployed in the food industry. People, believe it or not, I'm telling you, you ain't seen nothing yet. These people not only want to monitor and control all the products in the world, but they want to do it to all the food in the world. Whoa, hey, that's kind of hard to say no to somebody when they have the power and to be able to control food, maybe even right down to whether or not you can buy or sell it and... Where have I heard that before? That's right. You guys are on the ball. Revelation, chapter 13, the mark of the beast coming down the pike. We'll get to that next time. Let's go ahead and pray. Well, hi. This is Billy Crone of Get a Life International, and I hope you enjoyed today's message. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Well, before you answer that, let me share a couple of things with you. The great news is that the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins if we would believe in Him and what He did, and so that we would not perish but have eternal life. But there's a problem. 
the greatest problem of all. It's called sin. And because of that, man is on one side and God is on the other. And you see, throughout history, many people have tried to restore this relationship with God and get rid of the separation through various means. Some people have tried religion, but that falls horribly short. Some people have tried good deeds, but that never works and you never know how many is enough. Some people have even tried man's wisdom and philosophy, but that doesn't work either. You see, the Bible simply says, folks, that we've got a problem with our heart. And we have a hole in our heart that we try various ways to fill. Some of us try filling that hole with money. Some of us maybe a life of pleasure or, or people or power or fame or, or maybe even drugs. But folks, that hole that's in our heart is a God-shaped void and only God can fill that hole. That's what we're longing for in life is a relationship with our Creator. You see, this is the good news. This is what the Bible says. What can bridge the gap between man and God? There's only one remedy, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. People, if you would today entrust your life to Jesus Christ and the work that He did on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, the Bible says you're on your way to heaven freely as a gift from God and you just entered into a relationship with your maker, the creator of the universe. It really is true. Hey, if God right now is tugging at your heart, and if that's something that you would like to do, then please pray after me. Now, there's no secret formula. There's no abracadabra or uh, open sesame. The important thing is that you mean it from your heart. Remember, God is interested in a relationship, not a religion. If you read the Bible, it clearly says God hates religion. He wants a relationship. That's why he sent Jesus. But if that's you, then maybe pray something like this after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I am not perfect. And I never will be. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me on that cross and rose again for the grave to take me to heaven. I trust in you and you alone, Jesus, to get me to heaven. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, if you just prayed that prayer and you really meant it from your heart, I want to be the first one to congratulate you. Welcome to God's Forever Family. We want to thank you for tuning in to the Underground Christian Network. We pray that this message has been very beneficial to you. This is part two of a two-part series, so we hope and pray that you will get part one. Download it, burn it to a CD, and share it with others. You'll find part one along with a whole bunch of other sermons that will help you in your Christian walk in one place, the Underground Christian Network dot com.